When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Erased. Nothing personal. Word of the day, Thursday, July 8th, 2021 is Erased. Love that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Vanessa Williams, James Kahn. You've been erased. Trevor Bauer has been erased. We're watching it happen before our very eyes. Tomorrow's the day that it will have been seven days on the administrative leave list. MLB suspended him for seven days with pay. You know the Trevor Bauer story. You know what he did, what he's accused of doing, what he potentially is being charged with doing. You know how the Dodgers earlier this week or a week ago said, oh, we're going to pitch him. MLB said, move forward. And then they said, oh, we're going to suspend him. And the Dodgers said, oh, he can't pitch. He's suspended. Well, it didn't take long for the Dodgers to get on the program because they're on the wrong side of the story. When you run a business, the speed in which you can recognize that you must change direction is the differentiating factor between success and failure. The number of times that you double down on a person, on a product, on an initiative, the number of times that you double down and that you're wrong is directly correlated to the amount of time you will spend running that business. Because when you double down and you're wrong, basically you are throwing good money after bad. That is an expression that you should pay attention to. Throwing good money after bad is when a car is in disrepair and it is more economical to get a new car than to fix the old car or a house or a business. You've expanded from one store into four, then into eight, except each store is now making less and your rents are more and your profit margins are thinner. How quickly is the CEO? Do you close stores or do you keep borrowing money to expand more? There's a great expression that is used and it makes me smile. When you make an item, let's say that you make glasses, reading glasses, and every pair of glasses that you make, you lose a dollar. But you say to yourself, don't worry, I'll make it up on volume. Get it? If you lose a dollar on one and you make a thousand, you're going to lose a thousand dollars. You've got to make it so you don't lose money on a specific thing. Trevor Bauer right now is a money losing proposition for the Dodgers. They have run from him so quickly. Your head would spin, hoping that we forgot the fact that either they signed him, which they did, or B, that they reacted the way they did when he got accused of the sexual assault, which we're not going to forget. 
But they said, don't worry. He's got a bobblehead day coming up and we're going to cancel it. We're going to take it down. And you know what that means? That somewhere in the bowels of Dodger Stadium are thousands and thousands of Trevor Bauer bobbleheads. They come in pallets. They come over from China on a ship. You have to order them much in advance. You could, if you do it late enough, you can pay like triple and have it come via freight, but generally air freight. But generally what you do is you come up with your promotional calendar before the season starts. You know which players you are going to have a bobblehead for. You design it, get the player to agree to it. If you want to show it to the player, you don't have to. And then you order the bobbleheads, they come, and then you store them in your facility until you give them away, which is why when you go to a game, with bobbleheads or with any giveaway, generally you see them in boxes and the ushers are taking them out of the box and giving you a unit. So let's say the Dodgers have 20,000 Bauer bobbleheads. What are they going to do with them? Well, they're going to end up giving them away. First, you try giving them to the player. We once sent like 5,000 Julian Tavares bobbleheads to Tavares because he actually wanted them. I don't know what he did with them. You give a bunch to any employee you want, every employee. You give some to sponsors. Anybody who wants them, even though there's a market maybe, and even though there's eBay and all that stuff, you don't care. You want the storage space back. So the Dodgers took the easy way out, canceling the bobblehead day. But then they did something else that came out yesterday. Not only, not only did they take down his bobblehead day, they removed all merchandise of Trevor Bauer from the team store. There's a Trevor Bauer jersey, gone. Trevor Bauer t-shirt, Dodgers t-shirt, gone. Trevor Bauer shot glass, whatever there was, gone. Go on MLB.com. I know you know this, Coco, but it's worth repeating. When you go to your team store at the ballpark and you buy something, your team gets 100 cents on the dollar. When you go to MLB.com and buy something, your team gets 3 cents on the dollar, 3.3 cents. MLB.com is split 30 ways. When you buy a Yankee hat, the Marlins get 3.3 cents of that. Hell yeah. But when you go to Yankee Stadium and buy a Yankee hat, Steinbrenner gets all of that. So when you go to the team store in LA, you're not seeing any Bauer stuff. Because when you take someone's stuff off the shelves, which we do after we trade a player, we don't take it off the shelf. We put it on the sale rack. We're going to lower the price, which just lowers our profit margin. We're never going to sell it at a loss. We're going to always sell it at a gain, just a smaller profit. When we're selling you a shirt like an, or a new era hat for $24.99, trust me, we're not paying $24.99 to new era to get that hat. Or a t-shirt, a Nike shirt, we're not paying that amount. There is a heavy, heavy profit in retail. So when you see on sale, don't ever mistake the fact when retail stuff is on sale that you are getting it at cost because you're not. But I know you know that. So we're going to lower the cost of merchandise for a traded player. But what about an accused player of sexual assault? Nope. I'm the president of the team. I'm calling up my retail department. Pull it all. All the in-game entertainment videos. Redo them. All the hype-up videos that have Highlights of Trevor Bauer pitching this season, recut them. I don't want to see Trevor Bauer in a Dodgers uniform. All those calendars that have Trevor Bauer as the, um, the month of May, let's say, no more giving those out when we make appearances. 
because when you go to community appearances, you take leftover inventory from giveaways and you give it to kids, you give it to underprivileged adults. You are taking your extra giveaways and doing something with them. Trevor Bauer has been erased. Then you go on MLB.com and he's gone too. And that doesn't happen without the Dodgers calling MLB. Wink, wink. MLB makes that decision. You could call them and say, hey, we don't want to sell Bauer stuff anymore. And they'd say, ah, but we do. Or in this case, of course, they're going to agree because MLB needs, they absolutely need to agree. So where does all the stuff go that's been, quote unquote, pulled from the shelves? It gets stored in another storage room at a warehouse or at your ballpark. And the Dodgers themselves are saying, is there going to be a time? This is how I would do it. Is there going to be a time when it's okay to sell his stuff again? Is there going to be a time when he's going to be reinstated? And when he does get reinstated, if he's not criminally charged and he serves his suspension from MLB, which is guaranteed to come, when he comes back, do we welcome him back? You've got a second chance here, the way the Yankees welcome back Herman. But you remember how that works when he came back. He had to meet the media. He had to meet his, his teammates in the clubhouse. His teammates had to speak about what work he had to do to reinstate gratiate himself into the clubhouse life, into the clubhouse ecosystem. Trevor Bauer has one year left after this before his player option, which he's going to pick up in theory. So he's got two years left after this. The suspension will not be two years, but a jail sentence could be. If he's convicted of this because Pasadena presses charges, he'll never wear a Dodgers uniform again. I don't know that he will wear a Dodgers uniform again, but I'm not throwing away the bobbleheads just yet or the shirts or the uniforms. The thing about erasing someone in baseball is you always use this special ink that you can definitely erase, but if you blow on it hard enough, it reappears. Have you ever seen ink like that? Like the magic ink where you have to shake it and do all sorts of things and it comes back? That's what the Dodgers are saying to themselves. Is there any chance that we can get him back? It just has to be reiterated that they need him back, right? They're just not as good a team without him. Do we agree with that on the field? Do we agree that the Dodgers have been somewhat of a disappointment this year? Do we, can we at least say that we agree with that? I'm having a hard time getting people to understand. We talked about this, Coca, on Levitard today a little bit, I, I think, or maybe it was on our show yesterday. I, it's amazing. I just did that and I can't remember. The Dodgers are a team that has won 53 games. They're not in first place. They're a half game or a game behind the San Francisco Giants. They've got tremendous injury issues. Clayton Kershaw just was put on the injured list with forearm inflammation. That's not good. Or what do they call it? Forearm soreness or tightness or inflammation. Whatever it is, he's got to be on anti-inflammatories. And when you're on anti-inflammatories and you're a pitcher, you're going to miss at least the 10 days on the injured list, likely a little more. And so the Dodgers are saying, are we in trouble? Are we not going to repeat now? And then you dig deeper into their season and you realize the reason they're doing so well is they're beating the crap out of Arizona and Colorado. In baseball, when you've got a team in a division who stinks and you get to play him 18 times, the way we'd always say it is, hey, we better win. We better go 15 and three against that doormat. It's what teams used to say when they were playing us. Hey, the Marlins are supposed to stink this year. We better go 17 and one. Well, the Dodgers have gone like 
20 and one against Arizona, Colorado, and the Nationals. They swept the Nationals seven games. So does that make the Dodgers a good team, a bad team? They're an average team against the rest of the league. I hate those stats. We don't pay attention to stats like that in the front office. People do all the time, though, in terms of uh, media, people in the media and fans, they'll spread out your record and say, you know, against teams above 500, you have a losing record. But against teams below 500, you're 42 and 10. Or in football, you score 37 points against teams with below 500 records, but only 22 points against teams with above 500 records. Who cares? How many games are we winning? You got to beat them all. There's no difference. If you go 20 and one against Washington, Arizona, and Colorado, and then you only go 10 and 10 against the other teams, which is exactly what the Dodgers have done playing 500 against everyone else. You're still 20 games over 500. That's a 90 win team, folks. 90 win teams most often make the playoffs. That's the goal. Make the playoffs, period. It doesn't matter who you win. Oh, they don't beat who they're supposed to beat. They're not good enough against teams they're supposed to beat. We just never think that way. I was thinking about the Dodgers because Kenley Jansen was in the news and I wasn't exactly understanding his perspective and I wanted to address it. I'm going to talk a little bit about the All-Star game right now and the struggles that I had with the All-Star game. Some of the things that I did surrounding the All-Star game, I got several things to mention. Let me start with this. Back in the day before internet voting, actually the way starters got selected and elected elected to start in the all-star game, there were something called paper ballots. Paper ballots are things that when you go to a game, you actually get a ballot that has players' names on it and you hang the chad next to the player who you want to be an all-star. And you there is like a member from every team. So you got to choose one center fielder from 15 National League center fielders. And what we tried to do is stuff the ballot box. Because the Marlins were always at a disadvantage because our attendance was so much lower that starting players tended to come from teams with higher attendance because the ballots would be given out at games. So we would hire people to spend the entire game doing nothing but filling out paper ballots. That's what they did. We'd give them a free ticket to the game. We'd put them in an area of the stadium. We would bring them boxes and boxes of ballots, thousands and thousands of ballots and we would have them fill them out. Then baseball got smart and they went online and we said, no problem. We installed a bunch of computers. We hired people to come and register and vote for our players. We wanted our players to start in the All-Star game because we wanted the exposure because it felt good. And it was worth it to me to give the $50,000 bonus to a player we had under contract for making the All-Star game or $100,000 bonus because when you've got a starting player on the all-star game, you get to use that, not just this season, but in the next season, when you're doing your team calendar, when you're doing all the giveaways, starting outfielder, you get to do a opening day presentation. When someone wins a silver slugger or a gold glove, or is a starting all-star, you get to do an all-star poster. It's in the best interest of your team to have all-stars. So what you do is you do whatever you can to game the system. So then MLB said, you can only vote 10 times a day. 
No problem. We would have more people voting 10 times and then bring them back in the next day because you can vote 10 times every day. That's why you see players from other teams, not just the Dodgers, the Yankees and the Red Sox starting. You've got Cincinnati Reds players starting this year's All-Star game. That's because the playing field has been leveled and it matters what individual teams do to be helpful to their players to get them to start. That's position players. Pitchers make the all-star game in a totally different way. They're selected by players, by managers, and then also by Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball has the final say in all-star teams because they need one representative per team. And so the Dodgers are going ahead and playing, and they'd won nine in a row since being no hit by the Cubs. They come to Miami. They keep losing to the Marlins. They've lost three in a row, the last two on walk-offs. And Kenley Jansen said, quote, he gave a quote. He said he was very disappointed and upset to not be an all-star. Because Kenley Jansen, in theory, in his mind, is having the best season he's had in that ridiculous four-year deal. Thank God. You're welcome, Marlins fans, that Jansen turned down our four-year deal. When Jansen, Kenley Jansen signed back with the Dodgers and Chapman signed back with the Yankees, we with the Marlins made four-year offers to both of them. They took those offers and shopped them back to their own teams, the Yankees and the Dodgers, and they made the Yankees and Dodgers match the deals. And then they went ahead and signed back with the Yankees and Dodgers. And I was thrilled. I thought we were offering way too many years, way too much money. And uh, I was thrilled to make another team pay more than they wanted to. That is a little bit of strategy that is used often by small revenue teams where you will make an offer to a player. It's sort of like when you go to a charity auction and you bid on something and you want to bid it up because you love the charity, but you say to yourself, I can't get stuck paying 20 grand for that $2,000 watch or for that trip that I'll never use. Seven days at this special Caribbean house donated by Mr. John Cocktoston, and you bid 200, 500, five grand, 10 grand, and you do it saying, I'm in a bidding war, I better get outbid. When we're making offers to players that we know it's above our comfort level, We don't want them to say yes. We got to be careful and make sure that the bidding continues. And for Kenley Jansen and for Roldis Chapman, the bidding continued, obviously, because they're not Marlins. So Jansen had a terrible couple of years. He's now in the last year of that deal. It was a, uh, I don't remember what it was, Coca. Did we offer him four? I think we only offered him four years. So it would have been 18, 19, 20, and 21. But that can't be right because we offered it to start the 17 season. So 17, 18, 19, 20, but then his deal would have been over. So did we offer these guys five-year deals? Coco, what year did Kenley Jansen sign his most recent deal? Because it was the same year that Chapman signed his most recent deal with the Yankees. In any case, while Coca's looking, which he may or may not be doing because he's silent in my ear and he's silent on the document. Ah, he did. Thank you, Coca. Five for 80 in 2016. So 16, 17, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. This is the last year of Jansen's deal. Chapman must have gotten the same five years, didn't he? I would assume he did. In any case, we offered him five for 80. He took it and went to the Dodgers for five for 80. So Jansen's upset about not being an all-star. And uh, I'm just curious, why are some players upset at not being named all-stars and other players don't even want to be all-stars? They don't want to bother going to the All-Star game. Kenley Jansen wants to go to Denver, I guess. 
He wants to be acknowledged for the greatness that he is, for the adjustments that he's made. Forgetting the fact that there are closers who are better than Kenley Jansen right now, forgetting the fact that by reputation he's good, but by performance not. Chapman made the All-Star game by reputation, not by performance. It's a big thing, reputation. It takes a lot, a lot to get it, and then it can disappear like that. Jacob DeGrom, what's going on with that? Do you know that we have a major problem with Jacob DeGrom in the in Major League Baseball? He, he's one of the faces of baseball. He is maybe the leader at the break for MVP, definitely for Cy Young. Could become a Cy Young and MVP. There's been a pitcher who's done that, and my brain is blank, Coca, but there was a pitcher who won MVP and Cy Young. So it can happen, even though to me, MVP should be for position players because position players can't win the Cy Young. So I don't know why Cy Young award winners should be able to win the MVP. Rookie of the year, you can win MVP or Cy Young because rookie of the year is just in your first year. But by definition, Cy Young, you're a pitcher. I guess MVP most valuable player to your team. So if you are a pitcher and the most valuable player in the whole league, I guess you should be able to win it both. I don't like the rule. So Jacob DeGrom has made a decision for whatever reason that he's not going to Denver. He took himself off the all-star team. And I want to read to you what he said and read to you what, and tell you what's going on within MLB offices right now. I've thought about it and obviously being named to an all-star game is a great honor but I'm just going to take that time and spend it with my family and get healthy for the second half. He pitched yesterday, pitched seven innings against the Brewers. I don't know if you watched that game, but he's, his ERA is above one now. He stinks. He's been pushing for his teammate to go to the All-Star game. But what's interesting for me is he said, it's best for me and this team to not go and rest for the second half. His concern was flying all the way to Denver would be exhausting. Too much. Rob Manford and the rest of baseball are angry, no matter what they say. And the reason they're angry is that the All-Star Game is what's known as a jewel event in baseball. Jewel events are paid for at a premium level by broadcast partners, World Series, All-Star Game, international exhibition games. Jewel events are what make money for teams and owners. Jewel events are how teams get money to give to players. When your best players are not at your Jewel event, the broadcaster is not happy. And when the broadcast partner is not happy, they're going to take it out on you with make goods during the course of your contract and with a lot of service when you're negotiating the extension to the existing contract. Now, baseball could be saying, hey, we've got the National League deals, the National TV deals, they're all sewn up. We don't care. It could be sneepy, dopey, sleepy, dopey, and sneezy going to the All-Star game. We don't care. But that is not how they think inside baseball and they're correct to not think that way. In fact, they're the opposite. They want to over-deliver to their broadcast partners to create additional value in order to get even more money the next time around. 
You cannot have your players not going to the All-Star game and not being a part of the festivities and not being introduced on the line before the game and not giving interviews to the national partner to be used during the game, not being willing to get mic'd up during the game. You cannot tolerate it. Baseball needs to have a rule in place. I totally get protecting pitchers from pitching in the All-Star game. I am not here suggesting to you that Jacob DeGrom should pitch in the All-Star game. I never really wanted my pitchers to pitch in the All-Star game. I just wanted them to go to the All-Star game. I wanted our position players to get two at-bats in the All-Star game later in the game to try to win the MVP or earlier in the game if they're going to start, but never in the middle of the game because that just gets lost. We would speak to the opposing team's manager, front office, talk about the way we want our players used. There is no pitcher in an all-star game who pitches without the team knowing that their pitcher is going to pitch. You are told in advance what inning your pitcher is going to pitch. You are told in advance because you tell the manager of the, other, of the all-star game team, which in this case is Dave Roberts, funny enough how many pitches you want your pitcher to pitch at a maximum and the manager, even though he is a manager of your competition. Think about this. Do you think that Dave Roberts is going to pitch Kevin Gausman extra innings so he can be tired and not ready to go in the second half? No, you may compete with the San Francisco giants in your division, but I assure you the level of respect between teams is such where you're trying to crush them on the field. You're trying to win every trade. You're trying to sign free agents away from their minor league system. You're trying to do everything you can to get better while they get worse. But you are not disrespectful of their players. And there's not one circumstance, no matter how much you hate another team or another person in the front office or another manager, no matter what, there is respect about how much that pitcher or player will play in an all-star game. All of that said, Jacob DeGrom saying that it's not important enough for him because he's choosing team over all-star game, baseball needs to change that because that sort of narrative is exactly what you want to avoid. The all-star game does not hurt you or your team, just like the home run derby does not hurt you when you start the second half, the whole home run derby curse. I can't do the home run derby because my swing gets out of whack. I can't do the home run derby because I'm too tired and sore and I won't be ready for the second half. Horse hockey, you do get tired and sore, but you're also ready for the second half. And if you slump in the second half, it's not because you were in the derby. The worst nightmare is getting a player hurt. I'm in. Jacob DeGrom, he's been hurt. He just pitched seven innings yesterday. No problem. You do not have to pitch an inning on Tuesday in Denver but you better show up. I think there's going to be a change, Coca. I really do. I think that attendance at All-Star Games is going to become mandatory. That if you are selected or elected to an All-Star Game, you are responsible as part of your job, as part of your contract, you've got to make an appearance. Do you know that during All-Star Week, now it was in Atlanta, now it's in Denver, and they're doing a bunch of charity work in Atlanta as part of the All-Star Game, but they're also going to do charity stuff in Denver. There's a huge charitable component. I spent the better part of five days going from appearance to appearance when the Marlins hosted the All-Star Game in 2017, my last season in baseball. There were events, ribbon-cutting ceremonies. I still have the scissors that was used to cut all the ribbons. 
it's not in this room right now, but it's uh, I can show you one day. It's pretty cool. It's this big oversized scissors. It's important to have players as part of that. It's important to have executives as part of that. All the things that surround an all-star game, everything requires your best stars, your most famous faces to be around. Baseball complains all the time that they're not popular. They don't have a big social media following. They complain that their players are not followed enough. Their teams are not popular enough. Attendance is not great enough. Then market your players and make sure the players are forced to market themselves because if they're not going to do it voluntarily, you force it. You wait to see. In the next collective bargain agreement, attendance at all-star games by all-stars, even injured all-stars will be mandatory. You wait to see it. I'm going to make that a wait to see, Coca. What do you think of that? I'm going to make that a total wait to see. The collective bargain agreement, the next one, whenever it's signed, this one expires December 1st of 2021, will contain a provision making attendance at the All-Star Game mandatory. You wait to see. All right, when we come back, we are going to do a top five list that was requested by a nothing personal fan and listener. And then we're going to talk about something that's going on in seven inning doubleheaders. We will be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David. How are you? Do you have any reads today, Coca? Anything? What about Express? I'm schwitzing here in my blazer and shirt. I'd like to be wearing a graphic tee by Express. Something. Anything. Hello? Sears sucker? Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc. Anyway, I watch a movie every day. And someone asked me to do a top five Quentin Tarantino list. Can you imagine I'd never done that before? I love that you asked me to do it. And I spent a bit of time going through it because it's not easy to come up with your top five. And before I even start my top five Quentin Tarantino movies, I want to draw your attention to a movie he did not direct because my top five list is only movies he's directed. But one of my favorite movies of all time is a movie he wrote called True Romance with Christian Slater and Patricia Arquette, Gary Oldham, Oldman, Gary Oldman, Gary Oldham, Oldman, I think. Uh, Brad Pitt, I believe, is in True Romance. I believe he plays a stoner. I don't know why my brain is thinking that. In any case, it doesn't matter. Go see True Romance, but it's not my top five because these are top five Quentin Tarantino movies. Number five, Reservoir Dogs. Mr. Pink, say no more. Reservoir Dogs. Number four. Number four is in my top 100. It's called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's his most recent movie. Fascinated by the story of Sharon Tate. Fascinated by the murder of Sharon Tate. Reimagined if things had been different that night with Charles Manson. Absolutely perfect movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt, but it's only the number four Quentin Tarantino movie. Number three is also in my top 100. 
It's a movie that if you haven't seen because you're of that age, don't watch it with commercials. Don't watch it edited. It's a movie called Pulp Fiction. It's a movie with John Travolta, Samuel Jackson. It's got some of the most iconic lines in movie history. Say why one more time. Or is it what? Say what one more time. What? Say what one more time. What? Kahuna Burgers. Royale with cheese. Red balls and mouths. Pulp Fiction. That's my number three. The number two favorite Quentin Tarantino movie also has Brad Pitt, interestingly enough. But it was an Oscar award-winning performance by Christoph Waltz. Waits? Waltz? I'm so bad at pronouncing names, Coca. Isn't, doesn't that make you just smile? Anyway, Inglorious Bastards is a movie about an event in history where I certainly wish that what took place in that movie had happened in real life, but it hasn't. Quentin Tarantino can have some violence. There's no doubt about that. But Inglorious Bastards is my number two movie. Now, what about number one? You may be thinking I'm going to go with Django Unchained, but I'm not. My favorite all-time Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino movie is called Jackie Brown. I didn't see Jackie Brown when it came out. I was late to the Jackie Brown party. I think I watched it during COVID. And then I joined the Jackie Brown fan club. And I got to tell you, it's the best movie Tarantino's done. Jackie Brown. There you go. My top five, Jackie Brown and Glorious Bastards, Pulp Fiction, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Reservoir Dogs, and Coca during the making of this top five list, got on the phone back to HQ, spoke to the heads of CBS and said, hmm, I think Samson should be plugging Express again. I think we should do another read because if he does one more read, he can get rid of his blazers and get into the graphic T world. Actually, I'm going to always wear blazers, so I need some blazers. Express confidence, express you, express yourself. I don't think Madonna's a spokesperson for Express, but she could be. Express is all new and all about you with a fresh, fresh 68, 7969. Nothing personal today is brought to you by Express. Express confidence, express you. Express is all new and all about you with a fresh mix of casual, versatile, and super-duper comfortable clothes. Wedding season's back, all right. And if you're looking to stand out, fit right into some Express suits. Blazers. Suits is when you have matching pants. When you do Zoom, I don't need the pants. Send me extra tops. Leave off the pants. They've got chambray. They've got Chardonnay, they've got Sauvignon Blanc, and they've got a nice little rich fruit forward cab. There's linen, there's Searsucker, and there's Lux Comfort Knit. Or if you need some cookout attire, who doesn't? They've got aprons. Express Essential has you covered. Tees, polos, graphic tees. Be on the lookout for great summer deals at express.com. Again, that website, Express dot com how do we do coca send it send it coca nothing personal pick of the day that everyone have the white Sox beating the twins is everyone now in agreement with me that lance lynn is a good pitcher is everyone now aware that the white Sox and their division are in good shape and the twins are going to sell well we're 93 and 69 i am stubborn truly stubborn i really am i'm taking the bucks again plus five and a half 
lost game one when the Bucks lost by 13. Giannis is playing. The Suns are deep, good chemistry. They're really good. They do have an ACL injury. But I got to tell you, I think the Bucks are covering tonight. I think this series goes longer than people are expecting, even though Phoenix is a prohibitive favorite. I'm looking for Holiday to have a better game. Holiday, hey. Is everything I say a Madonna song? I used to love Madonna. When, she, when her song Borderline came out and it was on heavy rotation on MTV and on VH1. <sighs> okay, we're 93 and 69. We're taking the Bucks. I got a bonus pick because there's a game I want to watch as well tonight. It's the Nationals against the Padres. Uh, you've got two pitchers going. You've got Scherzer going against Darvish. Do you know that Darvish, you Darvish, is the fastest pitcher ever to get to 1,500 strikeouts? He did it one game faster than Jacob DeGrom, who just got to 1,500 strikeouts either yesterday or the day before, or last start or the day before, or the start before. So the Nationals are playing the Padres. The Nationals are chasing the Mets, and the Padres are chasing the Dodgers and the Giants. It's actually a pretty big series here before the All-Star break. There's one more weekend of games. Scherzer is not an all-star, as you know. Darvish is an all-star. Such a critical week. I'm going to stick to my view that the Nationals are a better team. Juan Soto's going to the Derby, by the way. How is he ranked eighth, Coca? I hope you watch the Home Run Derby in Colorado on Monday night. If not, you are making a large, large mistake. So... Oh, he's, he's eighth because it goes by home runs hit this season. That's how they do the seeding. I guess that's fair enough why Otani's number one. But Soto only has, what does he have, 11 home runs? So you've got him at 11 and, and Otani at 32, so 1v8. I'm going to do my predictions on tomorrow's show for the All-Star Game and Home Run Derby, et cetera. But it's done by bracket now. So now after the first round, by definition, two of the great faces of baseball, Juan Soto or Shohei Otani, one of the two is going to be gone already. I don't like that. I do not. I'm taking Scherzer as a bonus pick. Scherzer over the Padres tonight. Big week. Can't wait for tomorrow's show, Coca. Keep in mind tomorrow we have to do not just picks for the weekend, but, oh, I guess we don't have to do home run derby because it's Monday night. What am I talking about? I'm not doing my home run derby picks tomorrow. I'm going to do maybe uh, just weekend picks. Can you just edit that whole thing out for Christ's sake? Well, I just totally lost track. We've got three more days of baseball, a whole weekend of great sports stories. I'm not talking about the home run derby till Monday. So just take it out of the show, Coke, if you don't mind. So wipe me back in right here. Ready? Six, nine, 10. Nothing personal pick of the day, 93 and 69. As the White Sox beat the Twins, take Scherzer and the Nats over the Padres and take the Bucks plus five and a half. Did you watch the uh, Rays game yesterday? So people aren't watching a lot of baseball. I get it, but I'm here to tell you things that are happening and why they interest me. Double headers are things that happen when there's a rain out or there's a game miss because of COVID or a game miss because of a tropical storm. Tropical storm Elsa was hitting Tampa on Tuesday and now it's coming toward New York this weekend. And it's always scarier when they come to Florida as a direct hit. And in New York, they end up just being a rain event and a wind event. But people go crazy in the Northeast, I guess, because sometimes hurricanes can hit hard, uh, obviously, as you know, but other times they don't. So Tampa had to play a doubleheader. They played two seven-inning games against the Indians. The Indians who are chasing the aforementioned White Sox, the Indians who have lost, I don't know, eight in a row, 10 in a row. I think they've lost 20 in a row. 
and the White Sox have just totally expanded their lead. Well, the Rays swept the Indians in a seven-inning doubleheader, seven innings per game. That's the new rule that baseball came up with in order to try to save wear and tear on the players. But the Rays threw a no-hitter, another no-hitter. But baseball has said that a seven-inning no-hitter does not count as an official no-hitter. But a five-inning rain-shortened game, complete game, does count as a no-hitter. Does that make sense to you? Makes no sense to me. So I was thinking about no-hitters. I was thinking about Tampa. I was thinking about split double-headers. I was thinking about all these things that are going on because here in New York, the Mets had a split double-header against Yelich and the Brewers. A split double-header is defined as two games in one day where you need two separate tickets. That means fans come to the game, game one, the game ends, fans leave, they clean the stadium, and then four hours later, they start game two. So game one would be at 110, game two would be at 710. We call those split double headers. The general rule of thumb for split double headers is they are only allowed by teams who sell out whose capacity would not allow for everyone who had tickets to the game that needed to be made up to get their tickets to the game that is replacing it. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you had tickets to a Mets Brewers game on Tuesday and you didn't go because of rain and then you want to go Wednesday, except there's already a game Wednesday and there's no tickets available, then you get to call the league and say, hey, we're sold out. We want to play a split doubleheader. We never got to play split doubleheaders at home because we never had the attendance. But on the road, it's a nightmare to play split doubleheader because you're in a small clubhouse all day. You get there at 11 o'clock for a one o'clock game or 10 o'clock for a one o'clock game. And you're there, you're there for a full 12 hours, which during COVID times, they're trying to avoid. So they made it seven inning games. But COVID times are over. We're 100% capacity. You've got to be vaccinated. If you're not, you're just silly putting yourself at risk. But all MLB stadiums are at 100% capacity. They actually said so themselves. They made a big announcement MLB did. We are at full capacity. Well, now people are beginning to notice how strange it is. Why are split doubleheaders still seven inning games? That means that if you bought a ticket to a nine inning game, you're only getting seven innings. And the media, there was an article written by a member of the media who said, that's not fair. And I thought to myself, wow. Has baseball thought of this? Do you think baseball is pressured into changing the rules to make split double hitters two nine inning games so people who buy tickets to that individual game get their full nine innings worth? But if it's a consecutive double header, you can play two seven inning games because then you're getting 14 innings when you only paid for nine. I get it. If you can see a doubleheader with one ticket and you're going to get 14 innings, I want you to pay more than the ticket price. We're going to charge your credit card for an extra five ninths because you're getting 14 innings instead of nine. So just a little bit more than half. You paid $30 for a ticket. We're going to charge your credit card about 16 extra dollars because you're getting extra innings. By the way, when the game goes extra innings, I don't know if you know this, but we charge your credit card one ninth every inning. It goes into extra innings. Not. Of course, we don't do that. 
When you buy a ticket, you're not guaranteed nine innings. You may get five innings because of rain. You're guaranteed an official game and that's it. And I get to decide what an official game is. I meaning Major League Baseball, not you. Hell, we stopped selling beer after the seventh inning. You still come to games. I don't understand why everyone in the media is always looking to find a way to make owners and the commissioner villains. I don't understand that it doesn't make sense. We're not trying to get more money from you. Our goal has always been, that's a dollar coca. Their goal has always been, and when I was there, it was my goal, has always been to grow the game, not just in attendance, but in viewership, in brand affinity, in youth participation. There are a bunch of different tentacles. Do you think that the media is one of those tentacles? I do. Many people in baseball do not. Having the media, which is a conduit to many fans, having them understand your goals, your objectives, and why you do the things you do is very important, which is why we use the media the way we do to try to make more money, to try to get more fans. When players are using their own social media platforms, we talk to the players. When teams have social media platforms, we talk to the individual teams about how to communicate things, different social media strategies to grow the game. Why do you think that having a split doubleheader where you only get seven games means by definition you get money back and you're not getting your value? The value doesn't come from having the eighth and the ninth inning. The value comes from the product. The value comes from the experience. The value comes from what we do to you to make you feel as though you are getting your money's worth and it's not judged on innings or wins and losses. Because those are things we don't control. That's the whole point. It's like when players give money back. Oh, yeah, they don't when they don't perform. We're not giving you money back when we lose 100 games. We're not charging more when we win 100 games. We are just hoping that you stay with us while we do both during the course of your life as a fan. Every decision that's made by every team, you know what it is. It's always been that. It's just business. Game's over. It's nothing personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.